0: Hello and welcome to 20 Minute Marketing, I hope things are going well and as always thanks for listening. Uh, before we get started today, here's some quick information about how today's episode came about. So I connected with today's guest Estelle using a platform named Matchmaker, which is a service that allows podcast hosts and guests to connect with each other and discuss the potential of linking up and creating episodes together on the host show. This site has covered every topic pretty much and podcast category that you can think of. So whether you're a pro podcaster or you're a first timer, it's a great place to go if you're looking to connect with others in the industry and get involved i know that when we set up this show i wasn't really sure how to find guests or how to get involved so it's a great tool if you are looking to get started of course i know that a lot of people are sitting around right now with not much to do so it bodes well if you are looking to jump on your first show or maybe find some guests that you didn't know were out there looking to be on shows so now let's just turn our attention to this episode Been really looking forward to this episode since we scheduled it a few weeks ago and with all the uncertainty that is going on right now, it's going to be really nice to hear such a positive and inspiring story. So let's get started. So hi Estelle, how's it going?
1: It's going very well, thank you, Liam.
0: That's good to hear. Could you spend a few minutes telling us about yourself and Mums in Business Association?
1: Of course. So as you introduce me, my name is Estelle Kiva. I am the CEO of Mums in Business Association. I'm also mum to my two boys, Jed and Ob, so my hands are very much full right now. Um, So let's talk a little bit about the Mums in Business Association. We set up a Facebook group in June 2017 because as mums in business ourselves, um, my sister Leona Burton, we both realised that there was a lack of support online and offline for women that were trying to juggle lots of different things in their life, including motherhood. So we started the Facebook group. And since then, we have now um, our Facebook group, I think is approaching 55,000 members, we have a social media following of over 200,000 people online. We have set up child friendly networking events in over 250 locations around the world which um, we have also just taken online now so with everything that's going on with the virus people can still connect online so all of our events are still running and we have also helped 120 women become number one Amazon best-selling authors and hopefully we have another group of girls that are about to release their book in June so hopefully they will be hitting the bestsellers list too. So we have kind of touched every base. We're online, offline. We help women become more visible. We help them use social media. Um, And we're just there really as a really great support community for people to come to and feel that they can be themselves, be supported, um, but also be really encouraged and motivated to achieve more.
0: And it's incredible that this all started just a few years ago and, and those the statistics that you've provided are through the roof for, for, for a company that's been around for, for just a, a few short years. So we're just going to move on to the main topic because I have so many questions that we're going we're gonna to talk about and obviously we only have 20 minutes to, to fit all that in. We're going to cover a few different things but we're going to be focusing on social channels and mainly Instagram and how you grew your following and, and how you got that number up to around 200,000 in that short amount of time. So stay tuned, everyone, and we'll get right into it. So let's dive in and get started straight away with some questions. We're going to, first of all, focus on Instagram. I know that for your member account and your personal account, you have over 20,000 followers on there. So what is it about Instagram that you enjoy so much? Because I know you really enjoy using the channel.
1: So my love of Instagram started when I was a wedding photographer. So before we started Mums in Business Association, I had my own wedding photography business and Instagram was one of the platforms that I liked to use then because it was very visual, but I had no idea whatsoever how to use it. I just knew that it was a great way for me to be able to show, like, uh, it was like a portfolio for me at that point. And it wasn't until I started the Mums in Business Association that I realized All of the things that I was learning, they weren't the sort of things that people were finding easy. So hashtags were something that a lot of people really get flustered about. And I found that the way that I explained it to people, they really understood. So it was over like the space of a year, like we started the Mums in Business Association in June and it was probably straight away that I started sharing my tips because I thought, you know, I could see the beauty of what could be achieved by Instagram. I was reaching lots of different people. I was connecting. I was growing my business. So I could see um, the possibilities and just wanted other people to see how easy it can be as well. And since then, I've been doing Instagram Lives. I go live every Tuesday night. And I think that consistency and, and the constant giving of value is what has helped us to create such a huge following. We use our Instagram, not just for business, but to also show what goes on behind the scenes at Mums in Business Association as mums. So people get to know the face behind the business, which is absolutely crucial on Instagram because people want to connect. They want to be able to relate to what they're seeing. When you can create that connection, that's when relationships and you know long-term followers start to grow.
0: Yeah, I think you've sort of touched on a few of my questions that I'm gonna be asking as well with hashtags and putting your personal images and things like on that on there. But we'll we'll continue to touch on them a little bit in more detail as we go along. So it, it sounds like you kind of learned as you went instead of having a strategy immediately right away.
1: Yeah, I had no idea of how I was going to use Instagram for business. Like I said, in my wedding photography business it was purely a way for me to show my images whereas now it's a way for me to communicate to share value um, and I just love there's so many accounts that I go to on a daily basis just because um, they lift my spirits they give me advice Um, right now there's um, the body coach who's doing the PE lessons with the kids so that was somebody new that I discovered using Instagram so there's so many things that can happen Just by being present on the platform itself, you don't have to know everything, but just by being there and you know spending a bit of time looking through, finding people who you're interested in, um, I think that's that's the first step. You don't have to have a plan; you just have to start.
0: Yeah, I think you mentioned Joe Wicks there. I think he's getting like a million views on those classes, which is in insane numbers.
1: It's absolutely incredible, and again, it's the power of connecting on social media. It's about giving that value. And then people are then going to be talking about it is the best form of marketing that you can have. So once you start providing amazing content and becoming known for that one thing. So now I'm known as the Mibbit Insta Queen. And that didn't just happen overnight. I didn't just walk into our group and say, call me the Mibbit Insta Queen. It was something it was like a name that grew because of the value and content that I was consistently giving and that has kind of led to our organic growth because now people will recommend that other people come check me out if you want to find out more about Instagram and using
0: it for your business. Absolutely. So let's sort of look at the nitty gritty side of things like the hashtags and the post frequency and stuff. So if we start with a hashtag, is it a numbers game? Is it a case of doing the classic five dots and then the hashtags in the comments? Or how, how do you sort of approach it?
1: So first of all, hashtag in the post or hashtag in the comments, it really doesn't matter. Um, We've trialed both and don't really see much difference. So that's one um, myth blown really, that people think you you should have them one place or the other, but it doesn't really matter. What's important is that you remember each one of those hashtags is a way to be found. So you need to think about words that your ideal client is gonna be searching because you want to come up in their searches. And that's simply what hashtags are. They're ways to be found. You use words that describe your picture, your business, and words that your ideal client is going to be looking for, and that will make a massive impact.
0: We'll move on to post-frequency. So did you, I know that when you start an Instagram account, it obviously looks very bare. So did you kind of push as much through you could to sort of build it up, or or how was your approach to post-frequency, and has that changed now that you've got an established account?
1: Okay, so rule of thumb in general, I would say that posting once a day consistently to your main feed and three to five times to your Instagram stories. When we started the Mums in Business Association account, um, I would post probably between one to three times a day, depending on the content that I had. We now tend to post um, once or twice a day consistently every day and exactly the same on my personal account. I plan and schedule um, certain posts. And then I, you know, kind of free flow when I feel like it and throw them into.
0: How far in advance do you schedule those posts and are you using any sort of tools or software to schedule them in?
1: So I like to use Later Media. Um, They are brilliant. They allow you to plan and schedule your Instagram and Facebook. I just schedule my Instagram personally from there. And I tend to schedule probably um, one to two weeks in advance. We have a really clear view of what our marketing plan is. So for things like promotional posts, I know what I'm going to be posting ahead of time. But I'm also very flexible in the fact that if, I, if something happens, you know, I'm about to hit 5,000 um, followers on my account. So I can then just post as and when I want as well.
0: Of course, yeah. So we're just going to move on to Instagram stories. I know you mentioned that you use them frequently. How can businesses use stories to their advantage and maybe gain followers or get people to their sites or a landing page?
1: I absolutely love Instagram stories. I've been banging on about this for probably the past year. More content is being consumed using stories than ever. So if businesses are not using stories, they are most definitely missing out. And again, it's a total different kettle of fish to your main feed. They're very quick to create, whereas you would think on your main feed you need to have best quality images you need to think about your caption and your hashtags whereas in instagram stories you can create stories um in the space of a minute and you only need to think about the the bare essentials so you put in one hashtag you use a location and it's a great way for you to show behind the scenes of your business and this is what people want to see they want to see what what do you do within the business like i mentioned at the start of today's podcast It's about creating that personal connection and by showing people behind the scenes and who you are, um, not just the business, um, that is the way that you're going to build relationships. And right now, Instagram have brought in a new sticker called Stay Home, which is a brilliant way to raise your visibility as a business and let other people know that you are still working. So for a lot of people, they've been able to take their businesses online. And using the Stay Home sticker means that if you use that sticker within your stories, you're then added to Instagram's Stay Home Story. So anybody that then views that will see that you're around, you know, you're still back in business.
0: There's also things like polls and quizzes and things. And and they're really great for engagement that you can't always get when you put it on a standard post.
1: Most definitely. And they're a brilliant way for you to create warm leads as well. So when you're using the poll stickers and the question stickers, you're getting feedback from people. Not only are you getting engagement, which is what Instagram wants to see, the more they see engagement happening on your account, the more they will show your post to those people. So initially, just creating that engagement is brilliant and is going to help you. But you also get like a, a double whammy because you also gain information from those people that are taking part. So if you are asking people, you know, do you like podcasts or blogs? all of those that say they like podcasts, you can then go and say, hey, I've got a really great podcast. Um, Why don't you check it out? So it's a great way for you to give them even more content and knowledge of what you do.
0: Yeah, that's a great point there. I haven't really even thought about asking people what type of content they want from your business. So I just have a couple more questions now on Instagram, and then we're going to move to more generic questions. I actually listened to one of your talks on YouTube and you said something that really stood out. I can't remember the quote word for word, but it was about how you don't have to sell your products directly on Instagram. Is this a case of using Instagram to showcase your people and personality as opposed to maybe forcing features and products and things like that down customers throats all day?
1: Yes, definitely. People don't want to be sold to. So as much as people are out there and they want to buy, they don't want somebody in their face selling to them. So we like call them spammy-pammy within our community. We're like, don't be a spammy-pammy. People don't want your stuff in their face every single day. It's a bit like attraction marketing. So the more that people see you, you know, doing your thing and sharing your feedback. So feedback and testimonials are a great way for you to shout about your business without actually, you know, putting your product out there because people are seeing the actual result. So it's about being creative with the sort of content that you share and it doesn't mean that you won't be making sales it just means that you won't be doing it in a really crass in people's face way
0: and then i've got one final question so i know that you we haven't actually mentioned this yet but you haven't spent any money on paid ads to grow your instagram accounts or any of your social accounts So that's a really key thing that's important to say but is there any other ways that you've been promoting your social accounts or your instagram account externally as opposed to something like a website, but different unique ways that you've you've helped grow your accounts?
1: We just tend to cross promote a lot. So we will tell people on Instagram what we're doing over in the Facebook group, and vice versa. We've also created an incredible email list. So um, in the, the space of the last week or so, we've had over 1300 people sign up because we've created a miba survival guide which is teaching people how to get through this really tough time right now so it talks about residual income it talks about social media it talks about finances and how you can keep your kids entertained at home so it's about thinking of ways that you can offer value but not just to give them on one platform so we're we're very present on instagram we're over on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on LinkedIn, but we also have um, a really good um, email base as well, which we've been using because, you know, God forbid anything happens to the social media, you need to have another way to connect with your audience.
0: Absolutely, yeah, and I like what you did at the, the speech that I, I was listening to, where you asked, you gave a speech on an, a topic, I think it was Instagram, and then you asked people to upload a story and tag your account in there with a chance to win a prize. So that's a really good example how businesses could go to an event that they are hosting or speaking at and get people to follow them or interact with them in exchange for for winning something. And it builds exposure and helps people remember them for 24 hours if it's on their story.
1: That's right. And and that sort of um, tip can be used across the board. So for anybody that's listening to the podcast right now, you know, share a screenshot, tag us and share it into your Instagram stories. And I will, you know, drop you, some sort of resource over that will help you grow your business using Instagram, and it's all about just connecting. You know, the more that people tag you in stories, the more that they're going to see you. Um, when people tag me in stories, a lot of the time it's like, wow, I've I've found a new account to follow that I wouldn't have even known about beforehand. So you can use that sort of thing to create engagement and to make new connections. Whether you're doing um, a Facebook Live, whether you're doing Instagram, whether you're on a podcast. You can always encourage people to, you know, interact with you using Instagram stories.
0: This episode comes at a a really good time. I've just set up an Instagram account for the podcast just a few weeks ago as well, which is at 20 Minute Marketing. So it'll be really helpful for me to sort of go away and execute some of your tips. And hopefully that account will grow as it gets bigger.
1: There we Um, go. So everyone needs to tag us at Estelle Keeper Official and at the 20 Minute Marketing
0: Podcast. There we go. Hopefully um, that'll gain some traction and it'll help us both grow together. Uh, Moving away from Instagram, you've also built big followings on several other channels. So you, you mentioned LinkedIn, Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, everything that a business should be active on. Do you have separate content strategies for each or how do you approach each one?
1: We change them slightly, but the content that we share across the board is kind of very similar So obviously on Instagram, it's very much image based. So we have to make sure we're using the right images Um, on Facebook. It's always a case of the personal posts seem to go down really well. So when you are, you know, posting, it's more of a a personal approach that you're taking on Twitter. Obviously, you only have so many characters. So, again, it's just using the content that we have and tweaking it slightly for the social media platform that we're going to be using it on.
0: Just before we move on to a couple of PR questions, I really wanted to ask a couple of questions about Facebook groups since you run a group with 55,000 members, which is an incredible number. And Facebook groups is something that is probably often underutilized by businesses or B2B businesses. But if you're in the right groups, then obviously you can promote your services, build rapport, learn things from other people. So, do you have any insights into how that group has maybe helped you or helped some of your group members?
1: I think it's about finding the right community. So we all know that we're in 50 million Facebook groups. We get added to by our friends. And I think the reason that our community became so big so fast is because we rolled with it. We gave them, um, initially we gave them what we thought they wanted because as mums we had a vision of what we wanted from a community. But since then we've just been listening to what they want and that's the most important thing with building a community on Facebook it's about you know not being too rigid in your structure and making sure that you're constantly listening to your audience because again like we said it's it's very much organic we connect with other people obviously we tell other people what we do but our community has grown because of other people and word of mouth and that's because we listen to what our followers want and then provide them with that solution.
0: So it sounds like the, the group kind of runs itself in a way.
1: Oh my goodness, I wish it did. So um, <laughs> my sister my sister takes um, a lot of the responsibility around the running of the Facebook group. We have a few admins as well, but we have hundreds and hundreds of posts. And we just have to be mindful again of the content that we allow into the group because people don't want to be spammed with, buy this, buy this, sign up to my course. We're very mindful of the, the content that goes into the group. We want it to be um, valued to someone else. We want it to be supportive. Um, we want it to be relatable so we have hundreds of posts a day we obviously can't allow them all into the group um, but there it it takes a lot of work to run the group but initially um, that you know having that foundation and putting in the hard work has like you say does have that knock-on effect and now it is becoming organic to the point where we don't have to share the group we don't have to pay for any promotion but the actual running of the group and the admin in um, is still quite a big job
0: yeah that makes complete sense Let's finish with a few questions on PR. So you've gained a lot of PR coverage from highly established sites like Forbes, Daily Express, BBC, ITV. And a big task for marketers is is obviously to increase exposure and get backlinks from credible sites. And you seem to be doing a great job with it. So do you have any advice for marketers on how to gain PR attention?
1: I would say be the person that doesn't go away. That would be tip number one. We have been told no. Um, many 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 more times than we've been told yes and I think that people appreciate the fact that we don't go away we we feel so passionately about what we do that we want to tell other people and that's the thing you need to show passion in what you do it's not just about having an amazing product it's about having the passion to keep pushing through when you're getting no's all of the time you know you've got to keep going through because you're going to get that one yes that is then going to lead to something else. And that's how a lot of things have, have happened for us. So we started on local BBC radio, and then we got picked up by different newspapers, um, which then led to us connecting with different journalists who now come to us um, for various different things on quotes on motherhood or social media. You know, we've just grown our visibility by not not listening to people that said no and you know pushing forward and connecting all the
0: time it is almost like a numbers game and it's, it's kind of like a, a sales game in a sense that you've got to sell your story and and why it should be picked up when you did become successful on on some of those big sites was it your case of you reaching out to individual journalists or people or was it a case of how did you have any tips maybe you reached out on on social media or you gave them a phone call
1: I would say keep your eye out all over the place because there's um, Twitter is a great way to connect with journalists. So a lot of journalists will post into Twitter that they are looking for specific stories. So that would be um, one of the first places that I would say go check out if you're looking for um, more press and PR. But it's also about putting yourself out there and connecting with people. So having a list of all the different places that you would like to appear. So we've been in Forbes and um, The Daily Telegraph, I think there's a piece coming out this week as well, so it's just about writing a list, being clear on your goals, and then finding out who is it that you need to talk to, and then showing them that passion for what it is that you do.
0: And then one last question on the PR side of things, because it's really interesting some of the stories and, and articles that I've read of kind of being focused on yourself and your personal story as opposed to maybe something that your business offers. I know there's a blend of both, but it kind of leans towards your story from my personal take. So was that your strategy behind it or were we just trying to to get picked up from sort of any angle?
1: No, that wasn't um, the plan at all. So this has um, this has developed. We've kind of become our brand. So initially, um, with us being very authentic and sharing our stories with people within our community, um, we started as the business, but I think people realised... Um, that we did have a little bit of a backstory. So, you know, I went through um, a lot of difficult times before starting my business that I'm quite happy um, to talk about openly. And I think by talking about these things, again, people can relate, people that have gone through this, people that have been single parents, that have been through times of struggle. I think that then kind of leads on. It's it's a big cycle. You know, we started as a business. Um, our personal stories have now you know being put out there in the the public domain um, which then raises awareness for our business which then raises awareness of our story so it's a mixture of both I think there was never any plan that we would use our you know our personal stories to grow the business it just seems to have, have happened by itself
0: there seems to be a nice like cycle that the story helps you business and the, the business is helping you story if that makes sense um, exactly. So, yeah. so it works both ways. So yeah, I'm sure we've run over on this middle section. So thanks for listening. But I feel like every single answer has been so helpful and, and really actionable when people are using those social media platforms or trying to gain PR. We're just going to move on to some a little bit of lighthearted questions on career and advice and things like that. So if you stay tuned, we'll be right back. As you all know, we always finish with a little bit of advice and fun questions. So I'm sure that since you started out from scratch, Estelle, you've probably seen more things than most or people that haven't had the opportunity to start their own business. So what advice could you give to anyone that might be thinking of setting up and starting on their own or maybe going freelance or starting their own agency?
1: Okay, so first of all, don't give up because you're going to face lots of hard times. Um, So the first thing is that's what's going to make you different as a business owner. Lots of people start in business, um, but lots of people give up when it gets tough. So first and foremost, you know, be prepared for hard times, be prepared for, you know, really challenging moments, but know that you will be much stronger when you come out of them. Um, My second tip would probably be focus on one or two social media platforms. Don't feel that you have to spread yourself across every single platform because that's when your content is going to be watered down and your message is going to be watered down. So focus on one or two. Think about where your ideal client is going to be. What platform are they on? And then focus on those platforms. Really give it 110%. And then once you're confident in what you're doing there, then move on to Something else, and also don't think that you can do everything because I think when you start a new business, you feel that you have to do everything yourself you know you're doing your website you're doing your marketing, you're doing podcasts, you're doing facebook you're doing instagram you're doing the actual skill that you're you're doing as your career, so you 've got so many things going on, so don't put too much pressure on yourself, and if you can afford you know maybe just to have one team member that can help you with one thing that you really struggle with, so that frees your time up to do something else. Then that's an investment in your business.
0: Yeah, I like starting slow and, and working your way up to that piece where you, you're across everything and you covered everything. That's, that's good advice rather than thinking that you have to spread across everything straight away. Final question if you could go back and change one thing, then what would it be?
1: This is a really tough question because I don't think that I would change anything. I think everything that has happened has left a lesson for me, whether it's good or bad. I think we've learned something from everything that has happened. I think my one thing personally would be um, to be very mindful of the people that you work with, you know, you need to make sure that your are the, the core team around you and, and even not your team, the people that surround you are the right sort of people because those are the people that are going to lift you up or they're going to pull you down. And, you know, we all have those friends. That are negative, that just want to talk BS all the time, that just want to moan about the situation. You know, those people are not going to do anything for your mental health, your physical health, or your business. So, you know, think very mindfully about the people that you spend time with.
0: Yeah, that's a great way to leave it. Um, thank you for being an awesome guest, Estelle.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for having me on your podcast.
0: Not a problem. And if anyone wants to check out uh, MIBA, uh, you can go to Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube. LinkedIn or any of those channels and give them a follow and and look at some of the stuff they're doing. And I'm sure you'll be able to learn a lot more by seeing their posts and, and the type of things that they're doing as well. So thanks for listening and stay tuned. I'm sure we'll have another episode coming out very shortly.